Welcome back to the Black Letter Podcast. We set out to create an entertaining and exciting podcast about law and business, and I think we've done it. Black Letter, the name, comes from the Gothic typeset that was originally used in the Gutenberg Press. Over time, Black Letter became the only font that English law books were printed in. Everything else was printed in regular type. It made it harder for kind of the common person to understand what the English law book said. Black Letter came to represent something that was law, that was set in stone, that was sort of old and a well-settled fundamental principle of law. We're here to demystify Black Letter law. We're here to demystify things that happen in business and law and where those two meet. And I hope you have fun listening. Hi, this is Tom Dunlap. Welcome to another episode of the Black Letter Podcast. Today with me, I've got Heinen Landa, and Heinen is the founder and CEO of Optimal Networks, Inc. Optimal is a globally ranked IT services firm, and he's also the creator of Law Firm Anywhere, virtual desktop solution that helps attorneys work seamlessly from anywhere. And what we're going to talk about today, I hope, is his new book, The Modern Law Firm, How to Thrive in an Era of Rapid Technological Change. So a little background about Heinen, we were chatting before the show. He was challenged by the economic conditions in Israel when he was two years old. So he moved <laughs> to the United States, earned his BS and MS in electrical engineering and computer science from Hopkins, and then got his MBA from Wharton. He's been featured in Legal Management, Legal Times, Chief Executive Inc., Forbes, CIO, and has regular appearances on ABC, CBS, Fox, and others. Heinen, thanks for joining us today, and welcome to the show. Thank you very much. That is an introduction that makes me blush. Look at me. I'm all like uh, red now. <laughs> well, you were just a brilliant two-year-old. What can I say? You're you you're prescient. And speaking of prescient, so that's what I wanted to talk about. So your book, yeah, it's awesome. It turns out that you have to print a lot of them and then they end up all over your house. So yes, you have to have them. <laughs> about your book. Let's talk about that. So it came out April of 2020. Yeah. And that was about a month into COVID. Presumably, you wrote this prior to that month. You didn't write it that month um, right. after COVID started. So, so I said to you before, you kind of prescient, right? You kind of got ahead of the curve and you were like, you know, you've got to modernize to thrive as a modern law firm. I, I mean, assume based on the title, that's the, I, I haven't read the book yet. I hope to get a signed copy. So talk to me about the book. What's in the book? What do law firms have to do generally? What's what's your theme? You know, it's interesting. Yes, you're right. I did not actually uh, write the book uh, during COVID. <laughs> the book itself is, I think it's a call to action. And it was really a call to action because I have uh, many, many law firm clients. We provide IT services of all sorts, especially in the DC metro area, but nationwide too with law firm, any, uh, with law firm anywhere. And law firms have traditionally been a little slow to adopt technology. They're very conservative, very risk averse. I appreciate the, the thought process behind that. And it made me worried because of the rapid pace of technological change. If you read Thomas Friedman's book, he wrote this phenomenal book called Thank You for Being Late, which really lays out this concept of exponential growth. Which okay. I thought that when I, when I was going to start talking about this book, I thought I would be educating a lot of people on exponential growth. However, the coronavirus seems to have done that for me. And so 
just imagine how fast technology is growing. It's growing uh, or changing, really changing very, very fast. And okay. the premise of my book is if we don't, as an industry, lean into this change and adapt and absorb and keep our eye on the changing technology, it's going to overrun us like a tidal wave. And we don't, right, want, that, right, we right. don't want that to happen. Well, well, so it's interesting that you say that because, um, you know, I, I, I'm at a law firm and there are people at the law firm who have a, who are comfortable with cloud technology. And we've had to use more and more during COVID. Mm -hmm. uh, and a lot of firms were caught flat footed. You know, we were actually fortunately very lucky we had sort of transitioned, but I have attorneys at my firm in their uh, 60s and 70s who, you know, it's still a challenge for them to embrace this or even they kind of feel like it's not the right way to do things, regardless of how good it is and how easy it is. And they'll say, yes, I'm in. But when it comes to the practical application or use of it, how do you get buy-in from, and, and it's not, you know what, let me stop myself. It's not just 60s or 70s. There are attorneys in their 20s who feel like being a lawyer they kind of need to have like maybe a book and some paper and stuff like that. So how do you get buy-in? How do you convince lawyers as, as, a, as a class of people or individually to, to do this? Because to me, that seems to be one of the major challenges. Actually, you probably brought up like three or four points, but let me, let me see if I can talk to a couple of them. The first is your perspective on technology, right? Is this a hill we're climbing or are we getting ourselves a set of tools to better serve our clients. So if we, right. can turn, if we can change the lens that we're looking at, to reframe the conversation and say, look, technology is technology. It's a tool, right? It can help us serve our clients better. It can help our clients find us, new clients find us. It can help us show the value of our work to our clients. Okay, sign me up. Right. And all of a sudden, you're, you're looking at it a little bit differently. It's always going to change. It's always going to be something different. But if we can keep an eye on it and adopt it right, we can keep serving our clients better and better. We can be part of that race. We can be in there. We can be ahead of the competition, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Right? So that's one, one idea, kind of a general mindset. The second idea here is that I wanted to address is how do you get attorneys and, frankly, your whole firm to adopt a particular technology? Right. So let's talk about any, let's talk about Office 365. Let's talk about a document management system, a new document management system, or even a migration of a document management system into the cloud. Right. So now we're getting like real brass tacks. This is what, this is what we want our firm to do. Yes. Back up. <laughs> let's look at the stakeholders and let's, let's bring them into the decision-making process. Right. Early on. Right. Let's talk about what they need, what they're not getting from their current software, what they could get from the new software. Let's make them champions by involving them in the process. It's really not as much about technology as it is about organizational change and best practices and making sure you have like champions in the different aspects, in the different elements of your firm, you know, paralegals who are champions for the change, uh, younger attorneys, older attorneys, senior attorneys, junior attorneys, doesn't matter. Right, you really want a cross section of your firm that has bought into the decision because they've been part of it. I think that helps a lot. And then, if you don't mind, from a very IT point of view, training, training, sure. training, 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 and more support, and more support, and more support, 
and really customize it so you're there for them and it doesn't just fall apart. So you know what attorneys hate doing? Training. Non-billable training. Yeah. We, we have training, training, training. We have courses. We have PowerPoints. We're like, dial in. And we get one or we get associates all day, actually, mm-hmm. for training. It's kind of they have to. But I have 30 partners and I'll get like two uh, because the argument, and it's hard to argue with this, is, Tom, I, I could build two hours or I could do two hours of training on your software. What do I need to know? And, and, and as we know, you're, you're a technology guy. You know, in, you can't in five minutes learn a software. So we end up more with an IT support problem than we do with a new product. Um, and that's, it's again, I, I get the buy-in thing, but it's just, it's almost, that's a hill that, that, that organizationally, law firm, organizational people have to climb, I think. You have to know your own culture. I've seen, I've right. seen different law firms address this differently. You know, as an IT firm, we're also quite billable. When we implemented Slack for our firm about three or four years ago, which we're very happy with, we decided that we were going to treat ourselves like a client and training was part of it. And what we did was we literally ran 12 video lunch and learns over Zoom, which back then, by the way, was pre-pandemic. Okay. So, you know, that's where it was innovative back then. And, um, you know, so people sat during their lunch hour in small group and absorbed the beginning of, of how to use Slack and how Optimal uses Slack. But we also followed it up with a lot of ready support following the transition. And we also followed it up with infographic documents and, you know, short little video snippets. Like, so I need to know how to do this particular thing. How do I do it? And even a channel inside of Slack where we we had a, a place to throw all the questions that people were asking. So if you had a question, maybe Gosh. you could find it there quickly. Look, there's no silver bullet for that, right? But right. You, <laughs> if it's important enough, you're going to find a way to get everyone the kind of training that they and support that they need. So the answer is turn on a fire hose and aim it and hope that some of the, some of people get wet. A little wet. And maybe give them some incentive too. In other words, turn off the old ways of doing things. Right. So when we went into Slack, we had probably about four other ways that we communicated. We killed them all. When we decided we were going in Slack, we went in, we dove in, into the deep end, and we left everything behind. Well, you know, you're going to have to learn Slack pretty quickly if you have no other way to communicate with your team. Looking at holistically other types of law firm technology, such as video conferencing. So this is something else that's come up a lot of, I wouldn't say there's controversy, but there's a lot of conversation around, when you do a video conference, do you turn on your video or do you not show up by video? Because I've had clients say, oh, I really appreciate that I can see you. So many of my calls, I can't see anyone. Is there a standard set of etiquette? Has anyone developed this? Is there a place to just say, I assume you don't want to be in a t-shirt and you don't want to be doing laundry while you're on a, on a Zoom meeting. Is there any guidance in your book or any thoughts about that that you have? Oh, I have lots of thoughts. I don't think I got down to that specific level on, uh, on the book. Look, we're in a professional industry. We're trying to um, connect with our clients and, and please them and right. deliver good service. If you want to do that as a disembodied voice on the phone, you know, how and compare that 
to someone who is well put together and well dressed and presents nicely with the correct lighting and the correct clothing and the correct demeanor on a video screen, you know, have at it, like try <laughs> and see how, and honestly, see right. how far that'll, that'll get you. I, I'm already upset just that you mentioned it <laughs> as a client, right? I think there is definitely professional decorum. And I think in this day and age, it definitely means putting on your camera, especially on a client call. There's lots of talk about Zoom fatigue, especially like with the pandemic. And we've right. all got into Zoom and uh, Ring Central and Teams, and, and we've been doing video after video after video call after video call. It is tiring, not just from the eye strain, but there's um, your eyes, your brain is searching for, for clues and cues that we normally get from a full body. We're, doing, we're getting it just from the face and shoulder. And you can't, yep. so you get tired looking for that kind of thing. So I think there is call to, uh, uh, there's a, there's definitely a reason to just have phone calls with people, but I'm not sure that that applies to clients as much as it would apply internally. Like if you were having gotcha. a, a daily or a weekly meeting with your, your team and you wanted to be like, Hey, let's, let's relax on this one a little bit and just go audio only. I think people might appreciate it every now and again. You're a proponent of generally a video because there's there's a lot of values. The closest thing we can do right now in our global pandemic environment to to having a a face like normally I would have you in our studio and or I would be at your studio. You have a studio as well, but we'd have something nice. And we're doing this weird thing where you've got you're floating above Washington D.C., which is amazing, and I'm in my home office, which right. is not as amazing as you floating above Washington D.C. What what are your recommendations for law firms when it comes to, do you recommend they publish a policy to attorneys? Do you have a policy at your company where you tell your uh, staff when they interface for IT support that they're going to be on Zoom and available, like people can look at them? And then the other question I have that's a colliery to that, which we've had a lot of conversation about this. It's interesting. Do you do a one-way video? Even if your client's like, no, I don't want to be on a video, but since I'm the service provider, go ahead and click and you can see me. Do you offer that? Or is that a weird kind of, you know, are, are there some attorneys were like, well, privacy, if they can see me and I can't see them, I don't like that. Or I don't, you know, so I don't know if you've, you've, you've ventured in that realm yet, but I, I figured you're the right guy to ask about it. Listen, we have talked a lot about all of these things. Um, so first of all, let's look, uh, let's be sensitive to our time frame, right? We're in the middle of this global pandemic, but right. Excitingly, we sort of see a light at the end of the tunnel. We don't exactly know how long this tunnel is going to be, but, you know, with cross your fingers, six months, eight months, we'll be out of it and we'll sort of be back to normal. My favorite quote from uh, Microsoft CEO is, he said this actually towards the start of the pandemic, he goes, people have adopted two years worth of technology in two months, right? We moved quick, right? We, right. Look at us. We're all sitting at home. We're all on video and we're all communicating. We've got Teams and we've got Slack and we've got this and we've got that. And, and it's, it's working, right? We've made it work somehow, which is amazing. So we've learned some lessons here. And I think now is a phenomenal time to do two things. Let's look at what lessons we've learned. In what ways is video making you more productive? How is it working? I mean, I have spoken with my clients who say, I really 
love the fact that we can do motions and hearings over over video, but I do not want to do trials over video. That's awful, right? So that's the like, same thing from everybody, right? Yeah. So, so what sort of thing, if you start looking forward, what do you think is going to stick and what do you think is going to fall by the wayside? I will tell you that I would have loved to be in your studio today. There is nothing, when you're meeting a new person for the first time, if you can do it over yeah. lunch or face-to-face, I can be so much more connected to you in an hour of face-to-face time. It takes totally me, agree. It takes me probably three times as long with video calls to establish that same level of connection. Yeah, and, and you almost never get it, right? You never get it. So uh, you uh, almost never reach the same level. I, I couldn't agree more. Right. And so we'll have to have coffee or a beer or whatever a love scotch it. after all this. Would love good it. stuff is done. Um, <laughs> but you know, you have what I was, the corollary to that is that when you have a relationship, it's actually wonderful to keep it going over video versus right. just the phone call. So yeah, what I was teaching my staff before uh, this whole COVID thing hit was not not the not the actual technical support people because they have to get in on your computer and stuff and to have the video running is very difficult but i have right. client, uh, account executives and um client success managers who have meetings with the clients on a regular basis and i said you got to make it video and you do have to turn on your camera and you do have to look good in those conversations and if you do that once and if you do that twice Maybe the third time, the client will also turn on their video. Don't be so quick to lose hope. That's a really good point. So I, 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 that's something I think I, I, I'm going to try to push out at our firm. I think I will have limited success. <laughs> but uh, as you said, buy-in and all of those other things, those organizational change things that we have to do. Aiden, if I can ask, if you could say the three biggest kind of takeaways from modernizing, from modernizing a law firm, if you could, or two or four, whatever. Three is a number human beings like for some reason, but it doesn't have to be three. Do you have things that that people who are watching the pod, listening to the podcast, which is most people, or the few people that are looking at our faces, that they could take away from this and think, oh yeah, well, I listened to everything. It was really neat. I'm going to remember the video stuff, but here are the three things he said that I can't forget. They're making little bullet point list. Yeah, I'd love to do that. The first thing is not in my book particularly, and we didn't talk about it, but I really want to bring it out because it's a it's a very, very important point today, which is sure. pay attention to your security. Make okay. sure that as a law firm or as a business, you have put in place additional security to handle the fact that everyone is now at home working in insecure environments. You no longer have the protection of your corporate firewall. You need extra security. It's what is going on out there in the world of hacking and um, right. and all that is astronomically higher than anything we have ever seen in our entire lives. And I would be remiss if I did not just pound the podium a little bit on that. Please, please. Pounded. <laughs> so remember solar winds. Remember solar winds. So that would be number one. I. Uh, I have to say that. The second is, let me go into the book and say two things that you might want to remember. The first is the change of mindset from technology as a cost center 
to technology as a way to enhance your customer service, your client service is critical. And the book talks about that. I actually give four pillars for what makes exceptional customer service and how to go at that and how to support that with technology. So, well, if you guys, if you guys could take away that change of mindset, that technology is not evil, but can actually really propel your firm forward in terms of how you work with your client and even perspective. I have that. <laughs> I'm the Vienna Boys Choir to your preaching. Like I have that. Like I, well, I'm not the Vienna Boys Choir. That's a horrible analogy. <laughs> but but I, I I believe me, you are preaching to the choir in this case because this is something that I've been an advocate of and a strong support. And I forced it, shoved it down people's throats, probably incorrectly, because your other takeaway was getting that organizational buy-in. And we try, but we have to do a better job. I know that. But that's, to me, the, it's, the technology was a challenge. There's so much of it. The challenge has been getting organizational buy-in. So, yeah. But yes, 100% agree, couldn't agree with you more. And I think most law firms intellectually, I mean, that's the challenge. Intellectually, they know that your point number two is the most important thing. Mm-hmm. But emotionally and practically, you know, Execution is always the challenge, right? So. Execution is the challenge, yeah. which sort of brings me to my third point. In, in the book, I put out a 14-point um, a model, which talks about your technology operational maturity. It's a quick assessment. I don't know that you've got to use my assessment. There's a million different assessments out there on where you are with technology. Um, but this, this shows you what high-performing firms are, high-performing on technology what they're doing, what are best practices. And you can compare yourself against that. And you can take another bite on each of these 14 traits and you can continue to move yourself forward. So this is, I don't want people to think that it's so overwhelming. Let's modernize our law firm tomorrow. That's not the case. Right. But you should be assessing yourself on a regular basis. Pick a couple of things to work on. Move them forward. Reassess. Move yourself forward. I think that Take it in a in a slow, methodical, intelligent manner is going to go a long way. And it's going to address some of the adoption issues too, because it's not going to be, it's going to look like it has a plan, right? You're, you're going after gotcha. something in a, in a positive. So can we, can we find that assessment on the internet or is it just in your book, that 14 point assessment? Well, for you, it's on the internet. Got it by the book. <laughs> go to, um, modernlawfirmbook.com. Not only is there stuff about the book, but there's some videos about the assessment and there's an online assessment that you can take. Uh, So modernlawfirmbook.com, is that right? Correct. Okay. So the three takeaways I've got from you are security, especially working from home. Kind of boil that down to remember solar winds and the pure (laughs) hell that that's played with with everything. Uh, The second big takeaway is you've got to embrace technology as a, a force multiplier, as a, as a positive thing that is a tool. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the third thing was you need to do a technology assessment to see where you are, how far you are, and move the ball forward at all times, at least a little bit, if not a huge bit, but move it forward. So, so solar winds, um, embracing, and moving the ball forward. Love it. If I had to. <laughs> that too much? I over-summarized. No, I, I, I have over 107 pages and you made it into three words. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> so, I'm interested to read the book. I, it sounds great. And thanks for coming on. I, like I said, I look forward to that, that, you know, 
I'm a bourbon scotch guy, but you know, coffee, beer, whatever. I can drink almost anything. Look forward to that when this is all done. And uh, the, you know, the global pandemic thing that we've yeah. mentioned. Well, thank you and, for uh, having me. And, and uh, I do too, actually, that would be a lot of fun. We'll do it. So thank you, ladies and gentlemen out there in the listening audience for joining us on another episode of the Black Letter Podcast. Hi, and Landa, ladies and gentlemen, today, check out modernlawfirmbook.com for the stuff we talked about. And we'll see you next time. Download us wherever you get your podcasts from the iTunes store or Android Google Play store or Spotify. Thanks very much. And we'll see you on the next episode of Black Letter. That's all for today's episode of Black Letter. Thanks again for listening. Join us next time when we talk about more Black Letter issues in creative ways. Make sure you subscribe to the podcast on iTunes and Google Play so you never miss an episode. And to catch us on video, check out our website at blackletterstudios.com.